Hello, everyone, and live from beautiful downtown Montreal. It is Locked On Canadians. They have picked Yaroslavkovsky first overall. They made a big trade. They picked another Slovak, and there are still 12 more draft picks to go. We have all the breakdown and news from day one at the NHL draft all coming up next. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 653 of Locked on Canadians. We are, or I am, very much in downtown Montreal. I'm not going to tell you where. Leaf fans are currently very mad at me, and that's a safety risk no one needs in their life. Oh, my God. We have so much to get to in this episode. But first, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. As you can see, I am in my suit jacket with my credential in everything. I have walked in the door from the Bell Center. 15 minutes ago, I am one of your hosts of Lockdown Canadians, and I'm joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura is also taking in the entire insane night. She was on all the breaking news while I fought with the Bell Center Wi-Fi. Laura, before we get into the pick itself, holy absolute chaos is all I can say about that first round. The Montreal Canadiens, I think, surprised everybody. They made a lot of bold moves, which I like. <laughs> I want to get this out of the way, is that the first overall pick did surprise me. I was quite shocked because all indications were that they take Shane Wright. Now, they kept talking to Shane Wright that made in a way that made him feel like he would be the first overall. And then it was Yuri Slavkovsky and... At this point, I embarrassingly still cannot say his name, and I'm going to have to say his name for the next, you know, <laughs> 10, 15 years. I, I think that, you know, a big, a big misconception is that we would have been disappointed with this pick. We wanted a center. I think the Habs wanted a center. And they ended up getting a center. They just did it differently than we thought. Now, what are we getting in Slavkovsky? We are getting somebody with an absurd amount of confidence, which I love, because you're going to play in Montreal. You are the first overall pick of a brand new organization, a brand new front office, I should say. You're getting a player who has an immense amount of confidence, but you're getting a guy who's very big, and that's not where it ends. Now, a lot of times you fall for size, you get a guy who's big, and, you know, it's, it doesn't just happen in hockey. It also happens in dating. If you're over six feet, you know, <laughs> it masks a lot of uh, it masks a lot of shortcomings. I think for me, <laughs> I see that, Scott. I think for me, <laughs> the big thing is that we have to remember that he has talent. It's not like the Canadians went for an untalented, unskilled player. That is absolutely not it. They got a dynamic forward. Yes, he's a big guy, but he can skate. He can skate really well, and he makes great decisions. And those are three things that is hard to get in one single player. Even forget about the size. Somebody who skates well but also has the skill and talent to make the right decisions, that to me is incredible. My only concern, and this has been my only concern all along, is with the Montreal Canadiens doing this, 
when we look at this, when we look back on this draft, you know, three, four, five, ten years ago, will the Canadians have been have made a mistake? That's my only concern. And and I get why people are like, instead of going for the safe bet, go for the higher risk player, but who who also might be higher reward. I think it was a little bit stunning that Shane Wright fell to fourth, and I'm very curious as to why. I, I'm wondering what teams felt about him. I think you know. I just don't want it to be five years from now and Seattle got the steal of the draft. And here's the thing is they very well might have because one, a lot of teams made a lot of very odd decisions in the first round and Montreal was part of that. And we're going to get into why that makes sense in our next segment a little bit. But my thought was when Bob McKenzie just tweeted Yuroslavkovsky's name, I just kind of went, all right, I don't love it. I need to see something that goes along with this. Like they need to draft a center. They need to do this. And they went and did that. And like I said, we'll get to that trade next. But the reaction inside the Bell Center was they said Slovakia and the place erupted. I know that there were some fans, some very, very, you know, not cool people who booed him outside before he walked in. It was so loud when they called his name and then to the right of the press row, it was myself and Jared Book of Eyes on the Prize there. And we were sitting there and we just hear this commotion break out to our right. And we see fans pointing and we see security along the rails. We thought someone got in a fight and someone's getting thrown out because there's been a lot of alcohol. There's a lot of very highly charged people here. And it's Slavkovsky making his way off the draft floor, up through the crowd so we could go talk to TVA Sports. And fans are high-fiving him. They are yelling. They are they olayed so loud through the next pick that it was delayed momentarily so the crowd wouldn't drown out the pick. We wanted Shane Wright on this podcast because we thought it made the most sense for where the Canadians are at right now. Yuroslavkovsky has talent. He is not just he this is not Michael McCarron all over again. I look at his skill set as someone who has big and he has range. And we know he has offensive talent. Now, can he, you know, show that outside of international circles? Can he get that consistency? Is he going to be in North America next year? We don't know. He's, like I said, he's a big kid. And you said he has skill. He has goal-scoring talents. Liga is tough. Admittedly, yes. His point totals in Liga were not stunning. And like I said, Montreal needed a center. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to chuck this kid in the bin immediately before seeing what does he do in development camp if he's here for the preseason? What's he going to look like when he packs on a little bit more muscle to his frame? He's the height of Yolarmia right now. And we know when Yolarmia is going, what you know he can do with the puck. And I'm not saying Slavkovsky is going to be Yolarmia in terms of point production. I'm excited because it's something new. We didn't know what they were going to do. We never knew what they were going to do. They mentioned Logan Cooley, Shane Wright, and Yaroslavkovsky. They mentioned trading. We don't know what they were going to do. And that's, you know what? That's fine. Sometimes the fun is in the mystery a little bit. So it was interesting. I know a lot of people are going to point out that Habs fans are mad. It sounded pretty damn loud from where I was sitting. So whatever fuels what makes me happy, I guess. All right. So along with this, Montreal picked Yaroslavkovsky, and then they continued a very chaotic first round. We're going to get into what they did, how they did it, and what that means coming up next. 
But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Get all the latest developments from the MLB into football preseason is right around the corner. They have all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. They have all your news, podcasts, all in one place. And check on MMA. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more and the action. Bet online where the game starts. We are back, locked on Canadians from downtown Montreal. Everything is chaos, is how I describe the first round. Yuroslavkovsky went first overall. Simon Nemec went second overall. Logan Cooley went third overall. And then Montreal decided, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to make a trade. Gary Bettman trotted himself up onto that stage there, and he decided, I'm going to let them boo me because that's what I do. And then he went, I have a trade to announce where some fans kind of went, huh? Well, let, let, maybe let's turn around. He goes, it involves Montreal. And the crowd went, oh, what the hell is going on? And I'm going to try and get this all off the cuff here as best I can. <laughs> Montreal traded their uh, 98th overall pick and Alexander Romanov to the New York Islanders for the 13th overall pick. They then packaged the 13th overall pick and 66th overall pick to the Chicago Blackhawks for center Kirby Doc. And I was sitting there as they announced this, trying to post this in Slack through the Wi-Fi challenges. And I don't think I can hesitate to say it's one of the most stunned, excited silences I've ever been around. It was, it was something. And at the same time, I look at this and I go, Slavkovsky first overall makes a lot more sense because they just traded for a 21-year-old center who is six foot four and fits the timeline of their rebuild. I don't know what the reaction was outside, but I I was out of breath and I was just typing things at that point. I don't so the reaction was positive from from my from what I can tell. My question is if Kirby Doc, if if he was, I, I'm wondering if if the Blackhawks know something that we don't know about his injury issues because that to me is my concern. I think he's big, he's talented. I think he's an exciting player. He's somebody that I had a lot of, you know, I, I, Scott, you and I have brought him up in potential trades in the past, like somebody that we had our eye on. It's definitely somebody that I'm very very excited to have in Montreal. I think it's exciting. I think it's a bold move, and I like the way that that Kent Hughes looked after. I, I said this, um, you know, on multiple, uh, we, I, even on our locked on now. I said it. I, I said it on our clip with with Gil and Brendan. I I like how smug he looked. Like this is a guy who has confidence to do bold moves it's quite interesting it's quite bold i'm just gonna like you know we can decide to look at the shane wright issue another time we can relitigate that for years and years to come but for me we were just like well what are they gonna do like their center depth isn't where we want it to be what, what are the canadians gonna do they didn't get a center right and what they did was they did get a center it was pretty one yeah he was drafted in 2019 the same draft they picked cole caulfield like there you go i I get it. He has not hit the ceiling of a third overall pick. And we can't forget that in the year where he was having a promising start in Chicago, he went to World Juniors and in a pre-tournament game, got his wrist snapped on a cross-check collision at center ice and missed five months of action. That's a year of development gone. And then Chicago 
quite frankly, and I know I'm saying this as a Canadians fan, has been an unmitigated tire fire on and off the ice this year. They were so bad. They couldn't score any goals to start this year. And there is something coming out on Kirby Doc that I wrote well, at for Eyes on the Prize here about what kind of player he is and why they're betting on this. It all makes sense, though. They didn't trade up for a draft pick that they may have to wait. Is Logan Cooley going to be ready this year? No. Is there a young guy that we can trade up and is NHL ready and can play minutes for us right now while we work through this and we have cost controlled? Kirby Doc's next contract is not going to be expensive. Like he's 21. He hasn't lit up the NHL. Yeah, he's a third overall pick, but you can maybe get four or five years at a low cost because of that. And now you have your center behind Nick Suzuki. You still have Christian Dvorak. You still have Jake Evans and Ryan Paling. And we talked last week. They're interested in Colin White as well. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. I think this trade makes Colin White much less of a uh, priority for the Canadians. I still think it might happen. But there's flexibility a little bit now. It gives them a little bit of options for what to do. And we'll talk day two and you know the 26th overall pick in a little bit here. Everything came together with that, that I looked at this and went, this is why they picked Slavkovsky. Because I have a thought that's been bouncing around in my head that I was sitting there uh, talking. I talked to Julian McKenzie about this when I saw him at the draft. Uh, was I wonder if Montreal asked about Alex, who was traded this morning, and they were told this is the price, and that price was too high for a team that values their picks and young assets and went, hmm. But they're also interested in selling off Kirby Doc and circled back around. If they had traded for Alex to bring cap, would they be announcing Shane Wright as their first overall pick? Would they be announcing, you know, Logan Cooley even as their first overall pick? We don't know, but I have to say everything kind of makes sense here. I am sad to see Alexander Romanov go, but I think they really liked what they saw in Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris and Justin Barron now in the organization. I think they liked what they saw there and this made the most sense for them to do right now. I think it's really interesting because throughout the season, we talked a lot about Alexander Romanov and a lot of fans thought he might be one of the untouchables on this team. I personally am going to miss him a lot. He was somebody that I really enjoyed watching. He was really fun. He was really fantastic. But we always wanted him to kind of crack that that offensive sort of two-way game that he just wasn't able to. And, and it, he is still pretty young. I think that's also really important. But for me, I'm going to miss him as like a fan. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to miss watching him on the ice. I'm going to miss all of his, you know, his social media presence because he was just like so enamored with his wife. It was quite adorable. Um, I think, you know, he, he's going to fit on a Lula Morello team. And that, I think, is the reason why I think it's okay that this trade happened, right? Like if you think of a player and you're like, that guy's going to fit on a Lula Morello team, that's a team that's being left behind. That's a team that is, you're not looking forward, uh, you're looking backwards. And we talk so much about the Canadians need to move on and be one of the more modern teams in the NHL. I love Alexander Romanov. I'm going to miss him a lot. But we've talked a lot about how there's a like a log jam, like a giant log jam of two to seven defenseman right and if we really like what Gooley brought and maybe he is going to be that number one I keep talking about that we need I don't know we think that you know his he's a minimum number two is he potentially number one I don't know but Alexander Romanov was not going to be the number one and let's be honest the Canadians have defensive depth in their prospect pool it's not ready there's a lot of questions on defense right now but I think the defensive pool is pretty stocked I'd still like to see them pick a few in in in, in round two of the draft or rounds two to seven of the draft but I 
think it's okay that Romanov was traded, even though it makes me quite sad. And I'm sure it makes a lot of the players quite sad. Yeah, I look at it this way too, is that I wonder, could the Canadians have just kept 13th overall and made their pick there? A lot of this makes me seem is that they think they can get further ahead in the rebuild than where they are at right now. And I think Slavkovsky is part of that, is that if they pick a center, maybe it's a little bit longer. Centers, defensemen, goalies take a little bit more time. And I look at Romanov going and I go, yes, he's a Lou Lamarillo type. He loves to hit. He loves the physicality. That's his game. This last year in Montreal, he made strides and then he had games where it looks like he's never been on the ice before. He was someone who was kind of caught in a riptide between this is what I know I need to do, but I see this and what do I do? And just something in there didn't develop the way that it needed to. And I like Romanov. I do. And it kind of sucks because I thought, like you, I never imagined he would be the one they would trade. I didn't think they were going to trade Caden Gooley, and I don't think they were going to trade Jordan Harris after getting him. I'm shocked that it was Romanov is the one who went. I thought that any number of prospects, like a Ryan Paling, someone who needs a fresh start, would go somewhere. And that wasn't the case. I'm very curious now to see what free agency holds in less than a week here. And... We will talk on that. We're going to talk a little bit more at the end of round one and what two holes all coming up in one moment. We are back. It is after night one of the NHL draft. If my voice is a little shot, I had to yell over the crowd often to talk to the people sitting next to me. The Canadians ended out a very, very wild first night by picking a second Slovak player, uh, Philip Meshar, out of Slovakia. I wrote his profile uh we talked to david st louis about him a little bit i love this pick for one reason in that it's risky and it shows they're trying to take chances hero slavkovsky is taking chances you put it best with kirby doc it's a bold move it's taking chances they're betting on high ceilings not low floors and i think that's it's a it's a commendable mindset for the montreal canadians a team that has been steeped in We'll play it safe. I thought for sure they were going to be the team to pick Nathan Gauthier tonight before the Anaheim Ducks picked him. I thought for sure that was going to be their pick. Philip Mayshar is a shifty, high-octane winger. He has a good shot. He has good hands, good skating. The physicality is not there. Uh, he doesn't do well um, around the puck or being bullied off the puck a little bit. But I don't think that should scare the Canadians away from that. They're betting on his upside and that he's going to learn to play against men here in the near future. And I like it. I really do. And that's three Slovaks in the first round. And Slavkovsky and Meshar are good friends. Like that's, you're all right. There's a photo of them hugging after the first round. Uh, Nemec, Slavkovsky, and Meshar. This is a big night for Slovakian hockey and for the Canadians. It's, it's a departure from what we saw for the last decade. I think it's really interesting as well that we talked a lot about, you know, when they hired um, uh, the scout the, to, to help with the scouting, like, and, and we were talking about how they would shift their focus to European players as a result. Um, God, Scott, who am I thinking of? Not Martin Lapointe, the, the, the Jeff Gordon hire. Oh, Nick Bobrov. Yes. And we talked a lot about how, you know, he was very knowledgeable on Quebec on, sorry, on European players. Um, we, we looked at that and we're like, all right, you know, like this, this is where their focus is going to go. Um, I think it's really interesting that it happened, but not to the detriment of the Canadians. I like bold moves. I like interesting. I like high upside. 
I like risks. Um, and we talk a lot about how if you don't take risks, you're not going to win. Are all of these players that they take high risks on going to pan out? I don't think so. If two of them pan out, how great is that? Yeah, we are we are having some connection issues. So, Scott, do you think maybe we should end this podcast right here um, and apologize to our listeners? We are trying our best. Um, uh, hopefully, the first couple of segments were were good, um, and maybe we can end the podcast here. Scott, do you want to wrap it up, and then we can regroup, and we will have some multiple multiple special guests next week. We are also planning on going live, and we will break down everything the Canadians did at this draft. So yes, we are going to end the show off here. Unfortunately, our Wi-Fi situation is making it a little bit difficult to bring you all the quality that we normally do here at Locked on Canadians. As always, you can follow Laura at The Active Stick, myself at Scott Matla on Twitter. Follow the show at LO underscore Canadians, Locked on Canadians on YouTube, so you can see all of our shining faces as we continue to break down an absolutely crazy NHL draft in Montreal. We do have big guests coming up next week. We have so much more content coming for you. We are very sorry about the short episode, but like we said, circumstances beyond our control. Please make sure you stay tuned to all of our social feeds this weekend. We've got so much more coming your way. And as always, we will see you next time.